As we introduce Rabbi Yudin, I want to remind everybody that Rabbi Yudin is author of the book on the uh, Parsha, Rabbi Yudin on the Parsha, uh, that comes from Mosaica Press. And um, it, as we get closer and closer to the beginning of the brand new Parsha cycle, you're going to want to check it out and make sure you have that book in your home. Rabbi Yudin is author of of Rabbi Yudin on the Parsha. Again, it's Mosaica Press. Check it out. Make sure you have it in the home as the brand new year begins and as the brand new cycle very soon of our Torah reading begins as well. Candle lighting at 6.52. Erev Shabbos Parshas Nitzavim. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos. With great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. And in reality, it's Good Erev Yom Tov, given that there is no other program between now and the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah. A lot to talk about. Let's start and try to go in order. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Nitzavim. Interestingly, Pashas Nitzavim, according to the Chinuch, does not contain any of the 613 mitzvos of the Torah. However, these 40 psukim contained in Pashas Nitzavim are so incredibly, not just important, but it's so appropriate that the, quote, accident of the calendar, which you know what I mean, that it's not by accident, that every single year we read Nitzavim prior to Rosh Hashanah. How so? Listen to the words, Atem Nitzavim Hayom Kulchem, giving us, and according to the Zohar, Hayom, you're standing today, all of you. Which day is it? Says the Zohar, it refers to Rosh Hashanah. Annually, we are challenged by all kinds of challenges from within and from without. And we say to ourselves, my goodness, what's going to be with this Jewish nation? And the answer is, as we stand before Rosh Hashanah again, we stand strong. We stand with Parshas Nitzavim, which is a guarantee. There is a covenant between God and the Jewish people. And God is saying in this covenant, I will never, strong word, never, ever forsake the Jewish people. Lahavdal Elif Havdolos, Google, Mark Twain and the Jews. And it's so important to see how this is recognized by non-Jews who didn't like us as well. And they recognize that there's something that they cannot explain. It is Lamala Minateva. It is beyond the natural. So God has obligated Himself. Hashem has committed Himself to a binding relationship with the Jewish people, and we, in turn, have bound ourselves to Him in the covenant, in the bris, which is highlighted at the beginning of Pashas Nitzavim. What a powerful way to go into the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah. And let's just go one more word. Kulchem, all of you. And the idea is, 
and will try to forge the two together. The parsha and the forthcoming Yom Tov. Rosh Hashanah, as we all know, is a Yom Hadin. It's a day of judgment. How many Torah do we have? The answer is definitively two. Because whereas the Torah says explicitly, eat matzah on Pesach, and the Torah tells us why. The Torah tells us sit in a sukkah on sukkos, and the Torah tells us why. The name of Rosh Hashanah is not found in the Torah. That Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment is not found in the Torah. Our rabbis tell us that Rosh Hashanah, as we're going to say, after the blowing of the shofar, please God, this coming Monday and Tuesday, Hayom Haras Olam. Today is the anniversary of the creation of the world. It doesn't mean the world. The world was created on Chav Hey Elul, this past Wednesday, the 20th fifth day of Elul. On Rosh Hashanah, man was created. Our rabbis tell us that on the same day that man was created, unfortunately he sinned and he was judged. And he was judged in a way, as we know, that God spared him and did not literally kill him. He became mortal. But he lived for 930 years. This day became a day of judgment. And so we go into the day of judgment. And as the tour brings the Medrash, one would imagine that anybody who was on trial for their life would not be concerned, forgive me, how do I look? And yet the Shulchan Aruch in Simon, Tov Kuf Pei Aleph, tells us that Mechabsin umistaprin b'erev Rosh Hashanah. Today, this Friday, take a haircut, unless you can get a haircut on Sunday as well. The idea is that we go into the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah with a sense of optimism. We bathe and we wear Yom Tov clothing, not as special as the other Chagim of Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkos, but we certainly wear appropriate clothes, a little bit less subdued uh, on, or more subdued rather, on uh, Rosh Hashanah. But the idea very clearly is we go with an optimism. And what is the optimism? That the Jewish people as a people will always survive. And therefore, each individual who's on trial, who has every natural reason to be concerned, as we say in the Nisana talk of prayer, literally the fate of individuals, every single person is being decided on Rosh Hashanah. So says the altar of Kelm, the best way for a person to ensure him and her survival for the forthcoming year is by becoming a part of the Kulchem, by becoming part of the Jewish people. And the more you become a, quote, klal mensch, the more you become a person that the community, that your synagogue, that your local yeshiva, that your local mikvah needs you, the more protection that you have. And so, I just want to say that the bris, the covenant that we entered into at the beginning of this week's parsha is one of arvus, is one of mutual responsibility 
one for another. And rather than the attitude of MYOB, one quote, minds their own business, just the opposite, we are being literally um, designated as each and every one of us ambassadors of Hashem. We do so within our community, we do so within our the workplace, the way you conduct yourself, and please God, this is inspiring to others. Let's try to focus a little bit on and review some of the basic laws regarding Rosh Hashanah. There is the Minog of Hatoras Nadorim this coming Sunday, whereby we try to go into the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah as free of sins as possible. Rosh Hashanah begins the ten days of Aseris Yimei Tshuva, and according to the uh, Ramban, Ki HaMitzvah Hazos, in this week's parsha, not by chance, the Torah singles out the mitzvah of tshuva and says to each and every one of us, it's within our reach, it's within our grasp. And so, each and every one of us who might have obligated themselves and they didn't say Belin Eder. They didn't say that they would do something without taking a vow. And unfortunately did not fulfill their commitment. So we undergo this coming Sunday morning tribunals of three individuals after the davening sit. We say the, and try to understand that which is found in many of the Sidurim, the specific plea that the uh, vows that we have taken should be absolved and so this procedure is done. Um, some of the custom of fasting, Erev Yom, uh, Erev Rosh Hashanah, and um, depending upon one's ability until perhaps after Chatzos, until Plag HaMincha, each person in accordance with their ability. It's not law, it's just to help us try to focus on the seriousness of that which is coming. Beginning with this Sunday evening, Rosh Hashanah, and before we get there, just one point. Rav Elio Lapian says, note in the Mincha that you're going to say this coming Sunday afternoon in the Shemona Esrei, you're going to be saying, Hashem is Hazos. God, please bless this year. You'll be davening Mincha, very many individuals within the last 15, 20 minutes of the year. And yet, what are we saying? God bless this year. Meaning that we recognize that every moment we need His blessing. Please God, starting this coming Sunday evening, namely with Rosh Hashanah, there are additions to the Shemona Esrei. I urge that you dive in slowly and from the Machzor. 
I don't want to say that if you forget Zohreinu, you don't have to repeat. Don't forget Zohreinu. However, just be aware that when it comes to the change from Hokel HaKadosh to HaMelech HaKadosh, that is absolute. And if a person did not um, end the third blessing with acknowledging God's kingship, and therefore HaMelech HaKadosh, the Holy King, he has to go back and repeat the entire Shemona Esrei. Rosh Hashanah is and contains one unique biblical mitzvah. The biblical mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah is that of the shofar. Now, interestingly, the Torah doesn't tell us why. The Torah, however, does in Parshas Pinchas call the day of Rosh Hashanah Yom Teruah, a day of sounding, and a trua we know is a sad note. How do we know that? From the Chatzotzros, from the silver horns found in chapter 10 in the book of Bamidbar. And there the Torah says that, God forbid, when a war takes place, and you will blow a trua. The next verse says that on your happy days you blow a tekiah, thus showing us what the character of the notes are. Now, clearly the character of the day is a yom trua. We blow cries. However, from once again, chapter 10 in Bamidbar, we learn that each and every trua is preceded and followed by a tekiah. It's preceded by a long straight note, a happy note, and it's followed by a long straight note, that happy note again. Interestingly, the philosophy that emerges from the blowing of the shofar is so powerful. It says as follows, that God created man like a tekiah. What does that mean? He created him straight. Unfortunately, each and every one of us has their issues, and we have our own personal trua, our own messing up our own imperfections, our own sins, which we address. And as the Rambam says, the blow of the shofar is a wake-up call, reminding us of our responsibilities to God and a call to tshuva. And therefore, the sound that comes after the trua is a sound of tekiah, basically saying, man, you can do it. There's a sense of optimism. You can rise up from your trua and go back to your being, that state of tekiah, that state of yashras, that state of simcha, that state of perfection. The Torah mentions the term trua in conjunction with the seventh month three times, in which the rabbis tell us in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah that what are we to blow on Rosh Hashanah? Three teruah. 
In order to blow three trua, I have to have nine sounds. Because as we mentioned, each trua is preceded and followed by a tekiah. So really on Rosh Hashanah, all we have to blow is nine sounds. However, the Talmud tells us that we are not sure what is the trua. It's a cry. Is it a cry, what we call the shivarim, which is a sigh? Ay, ay. I. Is it the sound, what we call a teruah, which is the wail, or might it be the combination of shivarim and teruah, the sob or the sigh, followed by the wail? What do we do? We blow all three combinations. So the first thing we're going to blow this coming Monday morning, after the Baal Tokea recites the two blessings of the Shmoa Kol Shofar. The mitzvah is not simply the blowing, but to hear it and to take the message to heart. And Shechianu, the first thing he's going to blow is Tekiah Shvarim. Teruah, Tekiah. That's four sounds. Three of them because we're supposed to blow three Teruah. That's twelve. But maybe the Teruah is the Shvarim. So we're going to blow three Shvarims, which will give us nine sounds. Maybe it's just the Teruah, just the whale. And therefore we're going to blow nine sounds. Twelve, nine, and nine will give us thirty. We blow thirty sounds before the Musaf Shmona Esrei. Then the Sfardim blow thirty sounds within the Musaf, the private, personal, quiet Shmona Esrei, and Ashkenazim blow the thirty in the repetition of the Shmona Esrei, which clearly shows us in a very clear way that the shofar is a prayer. It's a prayer without words. We don't eat the matzah in the Shmona Esrei. We don't take the lulav in the Shmona Esrei. But we do blow the shofar as part of the Shmona Esrei. And I believe it's such a powerful idea. Shofar is a prayer without words. There are times that you just cannot express certain feelings with words. Feelings of happiness, lowelenu feelings of grief. It just can't be put into words. We say on Rosh Hashanah, God, I can't put it into words how sorry I am, how grateful I am for your sticking with me, how grateful I am to be part of this great and wonderful nation, the Jewish people. I just can't put it into words. And therefore the chauffeur is expressing this for us. And a beautiful idea from the Sfas Emes. Remember, take out the Humashim and look in chapter 2. And what do you find in the beginning of chapter 2, verse 7? That God forms man and Vayipach Apov Nishmas Chayim in order for man to become animated, alive. God blows into his nose a living soul. A man becomes a 
Nefesh Chaya becomes a living being in Ruach Mamalolo, a speaking being, but God blows into man, says the Sfas Emes. When was that? Historically. It happened on Rosh Hashanah, the day that man was created. As God blew into the first man on this day, what do we do? We reciprocate in kind and we blow to Him. So therefore, we blow 30 times before, 30 times in conjunction with Svardim during, Ashkenazim after in the repetition. That brings us to 60 sounds, and the rabbis say, interestingly, go for it. 40 more sounds to make it 100. To remember the cries of Sisra's mother, namely the general who his mother was waiting for him in battle. He doesn't come back. Her cries. So basically there is that universal aspect to Rosh Hashanah as we say in our prayers regarding the other and all nations of the world everyone is being judged on Rosh Hashanah we should be remembering what is the Kriya Satora of Rosh Hashanah the first day of Rosh Hashanah we read the birth of of Yitzchak. My goodness, why? Mazel tov. Why are we reading about the birth of Yitzchak on the first day of Rosh Hashanah? And because what would have been so bad if Avram, who was 10 years older than Sarah, he was 35 and Sarah was 25. And Mazel tov, they have a baby. Why couldn't Jewish history start like that? But the answer is no. Avram is 100 and Sarah is 90. To tell us that from the get-go, from the very beginning of our peoplehood. It was all lamalo minateva. It's all supernatural. There's no way to explain it. There's no way to explain our position, as we say on the Pesach Seder, and with the deal with Iran. Bechol dor vador omdim oleinu lechalosenu. We see it in our eyes. They say it. They say it. That they want to destroy Israel. And vakarish baruchu matzileinu miyadam. That's what you have to keep in mind as you go into Rosh Hashanah. He blew into the nostrils of the first man. He blows into us and we reciprocate in kind. On the second day of Rosh Hashanah, we have the Akedah, which is basically saying to Hashem Yisbarach, we learn from Avram, Avram who had such devotion to you. Thank God this is part of our DNA. And we are prepared to give you, in this forthcoming year, this devotion. The custom is, if those that can, on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, weather permitting, we go to a flowing body of water and we recite Tashlich. Um, again, I didn't mention, but there is the custom on the first night. After you've washed and you have had your challah, which some dip in the honey, even though you've washed and you made hamotzi, and usually you don't have to make any more brachos until dessert, now you're going to have an apple. And because you're eating this apple for ceremonial purposes, because it reminds us of Gan Eden, teaching us that not just the living, but the dead are also judged on Rosh Hashanah, you're going to make a bore prayer eights on the apple. Take a bite. Then dip the apple 
in the honey, and with the apple in your hand, with honey on it, you say, Yehi Ratzon, we pray that God should and we're saying that means that what? If each and every one of us have to have some kind of a, I don't want to use the word, but let it be a punishment, kapora, God please do it in a way, soften it, make it sweeter. And Finally, you'll find the long list of beautiful simonim that you don't need only a machzor to pray. We can pray by looking at a carrot and we can say, wow, the carrot is known as merin, which means increase and a great deal. May our zuchusim, may our merits increase. The ability of the Jew to find in any and everything about him some way of connecting with Hashem and some way with connecting with his people. I take this opportunity of wishing everyone a meaningful Rosh Hashanah. It's a year that we should look with optimism for what we can grow personally, for that which we can contribute to our communities, to our peoples. And I take this opportunity of wishing Nachum and his family Simcha and continue the wonderful work of inspiring Klal Yisrael literally all around the world for many years to come. A Shabbat Shalom and a Shana Tova to all.